This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. We Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 484. Thank you very much for listening. I am one of your hosts, Dave. The Rave. Make sure you go check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Out. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. All of that fun stuff at Marking Out. I am here with Brandon. Go follow him on Twitter at BTTG161. Also follow Chris at Chris Dog. Hey, B-Dog, how you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, pretty good. A little bit tired. A little bit tired. How about yourself? I'm... I mean, still I guess, awesome as always. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do this week? I did a bunch. Obviously, I watched a, a bunch of movies and TV stuff. Like I rewatched the last season of Community, which I had like no recollection of watching because it moved from NBC. It was like canceled and then like at the last second got scooped up by Yahoo.com. Huh. But like that was years ago, so and it's on Netflix, and I uh, rewatched the last season, and turns out I did watch the whole season on <laughs> Yahoo.com. I just don't remember it because I hate watching things on my computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I think that show deserves so much more than it was given. I, I would highly doubt that you even watched it. <laughs> no, I, I I was a fan. Oh, you did watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I was I was a, I was a big fan of Community. I I don't think I last I watched the last season i think the last season i watched was where they had the dodgeball fight i don't but remember i'm not yeah i'm not too sure um but i watched a few seasons i i really did like that show i think that chevy chase and all of them are hilarious in it yeah and uh, and they always like did like the whole six seasons and a movie thing so maybe in the future there will be a movie i don't know the creator went on to do rick and morty so Really? Yeah, Dan Harmon. Huh. Um, Interesting. I also watched The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, which I know you know this because I told you this. I've wanted to see this movie for a long time now. uh, Come on. And I was, I don't even know, I I think I was scrolling through my, uh, the channels, like the movie channels and stuff, and I saw it and it was like towards the end of it. So I, I looked to see if it was on demand first. It wasn't. Then I looked to see if it was being shown at another time, and it was. So I recorded it on one of the Showtime channels, I think it was. And, uh, I mean, it was decent. It was like a church movie. Uh, Shawn Michaels was in it as one of the, uh, not wise men. (laughs) What's the Uh Jesus gimmick? He has friends, right? What are they called? (laughs) Jesus friends? They eat dinner Uh with him? (laughs) What do you mean? You don't know? The Last Supper gimmick. What are they called? Apostles or something? I don't know. Disciples? Disciples? I don't know. They, the, whoever eats dinner with Jesus in that painting. <laughs> Mel Boy, Brooks? I was I was raised in the, the temple. Mel, Mel Brooks? <laughs> sure. He was um, there. 
But I, uh, it was a, it was a decent film. I think it was a WWE Studios thing. The logo came up before it, and uh, it stars the dude who plays Grant Ward on Agents of Shield. If you're familiar with Agents of Shield, which I don't know if you are or not, is he the old guy? No, no, that's, no, that's uh, Clark Gregg. Yeah, Grant yeah. Ward was the was the young guy who, um, who was I guess romantically connected with um, Sky, mm-hmm. and then he turned heel. Um, but I also watched The Wrong Missy, which is a brand new film on Netflix. It's a Happy Madison produ- production starring David Spade, Nick Swartzen, Rob Schneider's in it, uh, and uh, I guess other Happy Madison characters that you would expect to see, or, or uh, actors and actresses, I should say. This is the new David Spade movie? Yeah. What, um, is, this, what is this on? It's on Netflix. Oh, I saw a commercial earlier today i think and it looked pretty funny it was it's weird seeing david spade in a movie now though <laughs> like you know like after so long it, like i saw david spade i'm like what year is it <laughs> yeah i was i think i was laughing for for most of the part like every 30 seconds like what so what's the con- so he he meets uh the love of his life no, no. Next- he's up for a promotion at work and they're going on a work retreat and people were allowed to bring spouses and stuff. And Nick Swartzen's character, I think he worked in HR or something. And he convinces David Spade to to invite a woman that he had met briefly in the airport. Mm-hmm. And he ends up inviting the wrong person. So huh. she shows up and like everything goes awry and then comedy happens but uh roman reigns is in this it's a small small role Mm -hmm. but i can definitely see him taking that john cena movie route like john cena didn't get huge in hollywood until Mm -hmm. he had that small role in train wreck with amy schumer i still don't think john cena is too is it he's not the rock huge not yet but there's you think like he's going he, to hundred percent. I do. I definitely do, and I think this this reminded me of John Cena in Trainwreck, where it was like such a small role, but I think Reigns did it so well that like this could be his like launching. I, I know he was in the Fast and Furious film with The Rock, but I I I, I didn't see that. Yeah, and it it was like a uh, sort of like a. I mean, he was in like a a, a cast with everybody else there. Uh huh. Uh, what do they call that? I don't know, like a chorus, but not mm-hmm. an ensemble. That's what I was looking for. Oh, that word, that word. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but this was like a smaller part, specifically with him in it. And I think that that was very reminiscent of John Cena in Trainwreck. Mm-hmm. And I think that could be like a launching point for him. So. And I, I, and guess I thought it was good. I thought he, and he, the movie itself was good. He definitely has the look. Yeah. You know, he has the look. Uh, I guess he... I, I could see him being like the rock caliber. I could see him being the rock caliber route more than John Cena. John Cena, no, John I feel... No, John Cena's 100% there. Like, before Trainwreck, he had... I think his movies are good, but, like, they weren't, like, Hollywood mainstream movies. 
maybe it's because I haven't seen him in an action movie. Like, The Rock has done many, many action movies. Well, next year, John Cena's coming out in Fast and Furious 9. But there's also action movies. I think the, I honestly do think The Marine was a good movie. I've never seen it. I really... So, it's, I mean, it's, it's very possible that I would actually like The Marine or something like that. So, I'm not going to say that, no, it's stupid and stuff like that. Because it's... Who knows? But I guess it would. I guess I would have to see the roles first. I would have to see him acting in them. Yeah. So Cena, like Trainwreck, was a small role. He had a small role in the movie Sisters with uh, Amy, uh, Amy, not Amy Schumer, Amy Poehler, and Tina Fey. Amy then, Schumer's not funny. Just saying. I disagree. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand what was so funny about her. She had her little moment. She had her her tabloids with Ziggler. And then that was really it. Yeah. But but then know. Cena also had those roles in Daddy's Home with Wahlberg and uh and Will Farrell, like the small small little tiny parts, but still big enough to have people talk about it. Mhm. Blockers. Fantastic movie. He had like a a main role in that. As a parent. I couldn't make it through. Really? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was funny at moments, but then sometimes some of the jokes and stuff, I'm like, eh. And I didn't watch Bumblebee because I don't care about Transformers. Yeah, I've never gotten into the Transformers movies. And I want to see Playing With Fire, which a lot of people said was great. Playing With Fire? I'm not... Oh, that's the Firefighter movie. Yeah, with um, Keegan... Michael Key. Nah, it looked, it looks funny. Yeah, so maybe this is a launching point for Roman Reigns. Who knows? How was uh, how was your week? I mean, he wasn't Aquaman, though, right? <laughs> um, my week was good. It was very similar to last week. But I feel like it's it just... I feel like there could still be more time in a day because I feel like I have so much that I want to get done. No but cooking? Because, no, no, no. I bar- I barely have time. I'm always finding stuff to keep myself busy with the students and everything. And I feel like so I work for a review course and it it's oh it's t- it does take up time, but by the time I'm like, "Oh, I wanted to do that and that and that." I'm like, "Oh, wait. It's 11 p.m. and I should probably go to sleep because I got work in the morning." You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, "Huh, where did all where does all the time go?" But I definitely got to be more accountable and on top of what I want to do because there's a lot that I want to get done. I have a book on Bob Iger. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, he's, you know, he's CEO of uh, Disney. I, I want to read his his uh, his book that he wrote. So there's so much that I want to do. You got to cook something. I, you know what? You have to I'll at put... least cook one thing during quarantine. At least one thing. All right. I'll put I it made... down. I made like I I don't know if it, if you would call it a pineapple salad or a pineapple salsa, but I made that. I've made I've made omelets. That does not count. I love omelets. That's though. something you would have done anyway. Of course. Which I mean I would have done this sort of thing anyway. Oh, I also, I have but... something for you. So I got a new TV show that I love. Money Heist. On uh, Netflix. Never have you seen it. it? No. Really. Wow, heard of it. It's a lot better than Tower Heist, a lot better. Probably doesn't even compare to what it's about. Uh, no, it does not. 
<laughs> but Money Heist is really, really awesome. It's pretty much about um, a heist that takes place, and it's about money. Huh. Um, Who would have thought? Yeah. I know. Yeah, mind blown. No, it's at, at a, a what is it? A treasury, I think. Uh, a money um, where they print all the money and everything. So it's not a comedy. No, no, no. It's not. <laughs> Not a comedy. It's very similar to the movie Inside Man. I've never Never seen that, no. I actually love that movie, too. I think it's with uh, Clive Owens. I think that's what his name is, Clive Owens. But Money Heist is really awesome, so I'm hooked on that right now. But besides that, you know, doing my thing, getting 100% correct predictions on Money in the Bank. Really? No, you didn't. Yeah. No way. You predicted AJ and Asuka? Yeah. Well, hot diggity damn (laughs) so we had a wwe pay-per-view this past weekend live from the wwe performance center and live to tape at stanford connecticut i I didn't predict the hundred i almost did i almost did i did i did have styles but i had baszler and i was that those were the only two matches that separated us uh yeah you went ray and Lacey. yeah Stupid picks. <laughs> First match, though, on the kickoff was a match that was announced the day of, I believe. Jeff Hardy picks up the victory over Cesaro. Even though Jeff Hardy is feuding with Sheamus and Cesaro is feuding with Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Like Cesaro used to be with Sheamus, but the bar has zero association with each other now in 2020. Yeah. So it was random. Um, but it was still, I liked the, it was a good match. I liked it. There was a one, one part, Jeff Hardy was wearing face paint that night and Cesaro did a spot where he licked his finger and tried to wipe the face paint off, which I, I mean, I guess in like normal circumstances, I would like that, but should mm-hmm. that be happening during COVID? I maybe maybe not the best spot. Maybe not the best spot. Uh, and I ultimately, I thought it was weird that Sheamus didn't somehow get involved here. Yeah, but I I, I don't think it was the best spot. But yeah, it, it kind of stinks about Sheamus and Cesaro and them not being together right now. But yeah. but whatever. the actual pay per view kicks off with the SmackDown Tag Team Championships being defended. New Day. Picks up the victory over Lucha House Party, Miz and Morrison, and the Forgotten Sons. Before we talk about the match, I got to say that Lince Dorado's uh, white Power Ranger gear was awesome. And uh, Grand Metallic had a Jushin Liger tribute mask, which I popped for and got super confused because I was like, as soon as he came out, I was like, yo, that's a Liger mask and that's awesome. And then Corey Graves said it's a, uh, a Hoovy tribute. I was like, oh, that's weird. I, I mean, I guess I could, could see it. Or he, I don't know if he said tribute. I think he just said he looks like Hooventude. So I think mm-hmm. like that was like, oh, that to me that was like inside knowledge as if like, oh, no, it's definitely not Liger. It's 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 Hoovy, yeah. But Graham Itali tweeted out on Twitter saying it was a tribute to Jushin Liger. So I was right. There you go. That's that's. Take that, Corey Graves. Well, one thing I didn't like from this match was uh, Jackson Riker getting tossed from ringside. Because in a match like this where there's no DQs... Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it served no purpose to me. But 
again, just like the the opening match, overall, I really enjoyed this, and it's it's awesome to see Lucha House Party continue to get pushed. I mean, I know, it, I know it, they weren't on SmackDown this week, but it it should be very interesting to see if they continue to get pushed. And I think that like Elimination Chamber, they were great in, and at Money in the Bank, they were great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you, and I think that. Uh, with that entire tossing Riker gimmick, it, that that's only a good spot when there's a crowd there. That's another thing, yeah. You know, like that's the spot where it gets the crowd amped up just a little bit more, in, invested in the match. But without a crowd, I feel like that spot is useless. Yeah. Uh, match up next, we were supposed to see R-Truth versus MVP, which is a random match that they added last minute. However, R-Truth and MVP were in... Um, we're in the the ring together and R-Truth was doing like a a basketball bit and Lashley came out and was like, Hey, take the night off. And truth tried to leave. Lashley stops him. And then (laughs) R-Truth accidentally slaps Bobby Lashley, which I, I still think is so funny. I thought that was like such a good spot. Um, Yeah. But Lashley takes the the place and, and defeats R-Truth. And later on, Charlie Caruso interviewed R-Truth about the match, and he talks about how he defeated MVP, and how he's sad because he's not the 24-7 champion anymore, and he's he's uh, he's looking to get it back from Tom Brady. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Match uh, up yeah. next, we saw the SmackDown Women's Championship being defended. The champion, now the longest reigning champion, Bailey defeats Tamina to retain. Um, before the match, uh, Sasha Banks was about to get interviewed, and Bailey cuts her off so she could answer on behalf of her. So it's like we're still seeing the. Maybe the 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 split happening. I think I think the split is inevitable. Yeah, but I liked uh, at one point when uh, Tamina went for that super kick and Bailey like grabbed her leg and went right into that ankle like leg lock. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good. And another spot, questionable COVID spot when Bailey drank water. And then threw the water bottle at Tamina. Mm-hmm. I'm not a doctor. So I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that if they if they don't let Triple H do a spit gimmick, I mean, come on. <laughs> but Sasha Banks got involved, and uh, Tamina turned her attention to her. Bailey gets a uh, crucifix pin to win. Uh, and then Tamina went to hit that Samoan drop on Bailey, and and Sasha Banks made the save. But overall, I do not think I've seen a match with Tamina in it that made me say, "Wow." I think this match made Tamina look great, and I thought it made Bailey look great. Mm-hmm. I was beyond shocked at how much I enjoyed this match. I'm I had difficulty trying to get into it, but because of Tamina, but I do love Bailey. And it's funny because I know you you know I mean I was always a a hater, a hater of, Bailey. of Bailey. Yeah. yeah. 
I was a big hater of Bailey, but I think it may have your eyes. Yeah, well, it may have just been the gimmick. I really didn't like her gimmick, but now that she has this heel gimmick and her vocal abilities, she's a role model. (laughs) But her her mic skills have yeah those those shot up. Like we we didn't hear stuff like what we're hearing now. And people would the, always tear apart her her promos. That's the thing, like because of her promos, it was always happy go lucky. And uh, who's that? Who's that AEW? That's a ripoff. Um, Kylie Ray. Well, no or, longer AEW. It's Impact. Impact. Um, she. So it's the same thing. The oh, I'm gonna give you a hug. I'm so excited. This and that. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. I'm so scared. But it's a- AJ those- Lee was the same way though. Yes, and you ate H- that up. But, I, well, but, I mean, eventually we both like, I think stopped. But yeah, we definitely stopped. But she also had a twist of it. Uh, yeah, she was psychotic. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was, you know, psychotic. But this twist of Bailey, where she's now a role model, and it's bringing new life to her. And to hear that she has this sort of a side to her is what I guess I needed to see from her. And I love. Love, love her feud with Michael Cole. She's now putting on Twitter videos of him getting his makeup done. And you see, see, there's a big difference to me. There's a a huge difference between Bailey feuding, quote unquote, feuding, if you even want to call it with Michael Cole compared to Britt Baker feuding with Tony Schiavone. Because there are points in AEW where she's literally only feuding, like doing heel stuff with Tony. Mm hmm. And that doesn't make sense. I think that with this, what's what's funny is too, we wouldn't get this sort of Bailey it, with a crowd. I don't think with a crowd, we would still be getting Bailey. We would still be listening to her promo. But I feel like she has really thrived in the no crowd uh, time span because without the crowd, you are hearing her talking trash yeah. and talking trash to the referee, talking trash to Michael Cole. And normally if we had a crowd, we wouldn't really be hearing all of that. So to hear, I think that Bailey is really coming out as winner of all of this. You think? Yeah. I mean, I was uh, already a fan, so yeah. Next up Strowman picked up the victory over Bray Wyatt to retain his title. Uh, you had a, a funny moment towards the end where you thought Bro, uh, Braun Strowman may have turned to the uh, the Wyatt side. Yeah. Um, Bray Wyatt. Well. What? Who brought out the mask? Uh, Braun Strowman did. So what happened at the end of the match, Braun Strowman got knocked to the outside of the ring and then he comes up from the ring, from the, um, right, the floor wearing the mask and then he gets into the ring and Bray is happy. And then you even have the puppets pop up saying, uh, Braun is home or whatever they were saying. Braun is home, I think. And then you, you have Bray dropping to his, uh, Braun. Both, no, both of them. Braun like, got to Bray. his knees as if it was like to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Bray, they... Bray dropped as well. And then they, they stood up and they hugged and all the puppets celebrated and, Braun yeah. took off his mask, did the, like the thumbs up, thumbs down thing, but stomped on the mask and Pretty hit that much. running that, power slam. And that kind of stinks because I don't. That, no way. I I 
That would have been interesting. That just wouldn't have worked for me at all. Braun's like they're billing him as the top baby face. That would not have worked at all. That's true. I gotta turn him heel. I know. I I understand it. I understand the reasoning, but I'm intrigued with what kind of a direction Braun Strowman as the black sheep would be with the white, uh, with um, I don't know the Firefly Funhouse right now. I think like that would be intriguing for me, but I understand why not. I think this match worked a lot better than it did when Bray faced Miz. Yeah, I. So I think both matches were totally i mean obviously they were totally different yeah. i I, lo- I really love them both i no no no. for me that Miz match just fell absolutely flat and the crowd did not care at all and that's the thing i totally it wasn't a match he was sacrificing himself to Miz to get Miz to unleash all of that uh to turn to the the wyatt side but it was one of those things. These are two completely different matches. You had Miz sacrifice, uh, Bray sacrificing himself to the Miz in that match, where he was really not throwing any offense at all. But then in this one, you had Bray going on the offense. I like so, Bray. Bray even hit that uh, tornado DDT. I don't know if we've ever seen him yeah. do that. No, I don't think. I don't think so. But I'm a fan of both. The one with the Miz and this one. I like the stories that both of them told. Well, after this, we saw the hacker appear saying that they're everywhere and they see everything. No one is safe. And they were literally watching all things, I guess, SmackDown. Which we saw this again on SmackDown. And I don't know if you see everything, then why is it just SmackDown? (laughs) And they keep on saying we. So yeah, no, there's a hundred percent. If like, no, no, there's a hundred percent multiples because there was a woman's voice last week or two weeks ago. That was definitely Mickey James. Then you had our that one um, promo was a thousand percent Xavier Woods, even though it might not turn out to be Xavier Woods. Yeah. Then you have the association to Ali potentially. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting with the hacker gimmick and how it plays out. It's interesting. Let's play. Let's go for it. Next up, you had McIntyre pick up the victory on retaining over Seth Rollins. New theme for Seth Rollins. Yeah. Thoughts? I can't compl- Oh, on the the, the theme or the yeah. match on the theme song. Um, honestly, it's it's a decent theme, but it's not like it just sounds like the same garbage that we've been getting recently. They need like. As much as I disliked most of the stuff that CFO did, mm-hmm. they, I, I don't know who's making the current music, but it's not it's not the same as that. And I don't, if you want to compare it, it kind of sounds like Bailey's theme song, just more mm-hmm. more heavenly. If that makes sense, I don't know. I I yeah, I totally get the heavenly, and I really like it. I really like his new theme song. I think it's really cool. Um, and I, I agree. I see what you're saying about the current theme songs. But there's a lot of current theme songs that I really like. Like Liv Morgan's theme song. Probably uh, Io, wasn't done by Io, them. No, oh, Io Shirai. Wasn't heavy, done by them. Heavy <laughs> Machinery. CFO. CFO, I believe. Yeah. So When I say new, I mean uh, Bailey. I mean... Buddy Murphy's ripoff of his old theme. I mean, 
Seth Rollins' new theme. Mm-hmm. Um, can't think of anyone else off the top of my head, but as far as this match goes, I, I thought this was great. Yeah. I liked Rollins using a bunch of submission moves, working uh, McIntyre's hurt leg, and then McIntyre kept kicking out at one. I I really like the fact that we keep seeing McIntyre kick out at ones. I agree. I think it, it's, it makes him strong. Seth Rollins ends up grabbing a chair, um, but tosses that outside of the ring. And as he went for that curb stomp that he does, I don't know if it's just being called the stomp, McIntyre mm-hmm. grabbed him by the neck and gave him that Glasgow kiss. Yeah. Seth Rollins was... Uh, he hit that uh, the the superplex and Falcon Arrow mm-hmm. during this, which is always great to see. He kicks out of a future shock, and uh, and then that the ending basically was was the the Claymore, the Claymore. There was like so many like awesome spots, like that huge German suplex. Yeah. And then when McIntyre went for that first Claymore, he gets hit with that super kick and the curb stomp. And McIntyre kicks out. I was like, maybe McIntyre is going to lose the championship right here. I I didn't think he was going to lose. And then he went for the a second curb stomp or I guess a third point at a third one at that point, but uh McIntyre hit another Glasgow kiss. Glasgow? Mm-hmm. Glasgow kiss? I don't know how to pronounce Glasgow. And then uh, Rollins hit another super kick. And McIntyre hit another Claymore. Or just the first Claymore. And it's like... I I don't know if I normally like finisher, finisher, finisher like that. But it was just Mm -hmm. so well done to me. Yeah. And then afterwards, McIntyre thanked Seth. He's like, this is exactly what I needed. And he went for a handshake. And Seth Rollins shook his hand. Surprising. Yeah, it was very surprising. But the main event was the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's briefcase and the men's briefcase. We said it before, Asuka won as well as Otis, but so many things went on during this match. Oh, that's for sure. Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Asuka, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans start on the ground floor. Well, technically, Asuka starts in the balcony <laughs> of the ground floor, which she started the match by jumping on to them. Does that Taking... mean that she started with the uh, cheating? Uh, I mean, well, no, she went, she she went down to the ground floor. Yeah, I guess. So. And then she took the elevator while the other women ran up the steps. Uh-huh. Um, Rey Mysterio, AJ Styles, Aleister Black, Baron Corbin, Daniel Bryan, and Otis started in the gym, which was, like, already, to me, an advantage because you're way high up, I think. Are they? I don't know. The gym is in the ground floor, I don't think. There's no way they, the gym is on the ground floor. When they explained it, the breakdown of everything, they made it seem like it was on the ground floor. Because I don't then think it's on the I, they it, were saying it could like be, the, but I really don't think it is. They were saying, um, they were saying that, uh, there are staircases over there. That would be so weird. Like I would, that's like for all these years, I always pictured it being like a higher floor. Yeah. Maybe it is on the ground floor. I don't know. 
That's something mm-hmm. I didn't even like think about. But Otis used that barbell and trapped AJ Styles under it. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of a funny segment. And then he begged Rey Mysterio to help him. Yeah. Uh, we had appearances by Brother Love in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doink the Clown appeared, even though I think the face paint was black instead of blue. Obviously, the wig was different, and uh, and the outfit was just like a a worker or something. Like he was just like a gas gas uh, station attendant. Mm-hmm. Um. I still have no idea why Doink was included here. I think if you were going to include like a random pop, uh-huh. we discussed this already. Hand yeah. would have been really good. Yeah, no. Hand would have been good, like where he got a job working for for corporate, working in the offices there. He's like in the hand gimmick, but he's got a tie on or something. Yeah. I'm. I'm just gonna say. Uh, do you think that the brought um the Baron Corbin stuff is gonna end up leading into every anything? Meaning what? He broke a mirror. That's he, bad oh, luck. Yeah. I no. I don't think that's gonna lead to anything. But I got some bad news for you. <laughs> but I liked uh, AJ Styles when he's roaming the hallway. He's like he stops at a picture of the Undertaker and gets scared, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's and kind then, of like kind of like set up everything for the night for him. Yeah, and then he opens the door, and it was lit up in, like, that purple, and it had the smoke, and had the casket, and Aleister Black kicks him and closes him in. Yeah. I like that. Um, another thing, we, we cut to a quote-unquote money-in-the-bank boardroom, where Dana Brooke ends up grabbing the briefcase with money in it, and Stephanie appeared in definitely not a live segment. Yeah, in, like, Zoom. Something like that. But she she tells her that that uh, she doesn't win, and she's destroying the money in the bank uh, conference room. And then told her to pick up Nia Jax because she's drooling everywhere. Yeah, I thought that was funny that little part. And and Dana Brooke grabbing the cha- the money in the bank. I thought that was like that was really cool. That was a nice segment. I thought it would have been cool if Stephanie. I literally thought Stephanie was going to say, "Oh, that's your your third option." Instead of getting the the chance at a title shot, you can choose $10,000. Oh, that's interesting. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And of course, yeah, take the $10,000. But that didn't happen. Huh. I, I like that Dana Brooke had that frame around her head for a while. Yeah, Carmella smashes a, a picture of herself. <laughs> yeah, of herself. Dana. Uh, and then they, they go to... Um, Backstage, or not backstage, uh, at another floor, Paul Heyman was shown. Oh, yeah. He's, this he's was... got a giant spread there attempting to eat. And and the, the men and women had like a, a Sharks and Jets standoff. And Otis starts a food fight. Toss, tossing food at Paul Heyman. And uh, at one you, point... You predicted it. You predicted it. Yeah, at one point, Shayna Baszler locks Rey Mysterio in the Kirifuda clutch. I marked out for this. I'm like, Brandon called it! <laughs> Brandon called it! They're listening! And then Nia Jax and Otis both sandwich Rey Mysterio. And then she has like a, a quick standoff with Otis. Yeah, and then they dispersed. Yeah, and Otis then goes into uh, the kitchen 
He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, all these pies, oh yeah. And then people power, Johnny Ace pulls up in his little cart gimmick, and Otis takes a pie and and pies Johnny in the face. I thought that was funny. I I thought like once I saw the pies, I'm like, all right, that's like custard cream pie. We're gonna have some sort of a pie fight right now. No, it was like some it's... sort of like blueberry or something. I don't know. It, it looked like a like there was a movie. Uh, what is it? Um. Um, there's an old movie with Tony Curtis in it, and there's a custard cream pie fight that they go through, and this reminded this I thought for sure there was going to be more and more people following Otis, leading to just a pie fight, and it didn't happen. But I'm happy with Ace Steel. What? Right, Ace Steel? No, Johnny Ace. Jesus. Johnny Ace. Johnny no, Ace Steel got released or yeah. furloughed. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Then we had Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles fight their way into Vince McMahon's office, and he was there. <laughs> yeah. Which I was so hoping for a, a Draws puke parody. He was in a t-shirt, too. Yeah, he was. But, um... Which, I mean, that, it was it was pretty funny. Like, uh, he they messed up his table, so they had to push the chairs back in. Um, and then he goes back to writing something on a piece of paper. Yeah, Vince kicks them out, and then like they're both like standing there, like like uh, children, like blaming the other one. Yeah, and I thought it was so funny. Are we allowed to say the b word or what? Mm. I don't know. It's still debatable. Where uh, they get kicked out of the office, and and AJ goes, "Hey, you were acting like a little or whatever." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny. And Daniel Bryan goes, "Me? You made us push the chairs back in." He goes, "Yeah, I did do that, didn't I?" <laughs> I thought that was so funny. And then um, eventually it leads to the top of the, the roof where Asuka and Nia Jax, they were the first women, first ones in general to reach the roof. Lacey Evans follows. Um, and then Baron Corbin makes it to the roof. He's trying to grab the briefcase. Asuka's up there. She pushes him. He's like begging, help me, help me, help me. And she pushes him down. So I <laughs> yeah, thought that was you. funny. It was funny. They were both going for, like, not even the same briefcase. They were yeah. going for, like, across each other. <laughs> well, no, because his was under him or above him, and hers was above her. I, I it, There was a moment where it looked like they were going cross-grabbing. I don't, but I, I don't think I, so. I, I love that she kicked him off of there. And for I'm no not, reason, too, because, like... <laughs> No, no. Yeah, she did. They could have <laughs> him together. grabbing the briefcase had no like it had no effect on her. But I just thought that was no, funny. But it, Otis, it's just a moment. Yeah, and then when Baron Corbin was knocked down, Otis made his way out. Um, Corbin ends up tossing Rey Mysterio off the roof, tossing Aleister Black off the roof, uh, and then AJ Styles and King Corbin climb the the ladder. AJ unhooks the briefcase and they're going like a, a tug of war back and forth for the for the briefcase. Elias shows up, smashes a guitar over Corbin's back. He falls down, leading to AJ Styles fumbling the briefcase into Otis's arms for Otis to win. He previously tried to climb the the ladder. The rungs broke again, and he couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Which is really funny. Like, if you listen to Brian Alvarez talk mm-hmm. about this match, he goes, I-, I hated that Otis was able to climb the ladder and grab the briefcase after the rungs were broken. What? Yeah, I don't think uh, Brian Alvarez watches the product. 
Yeah, he may not be watching. Because the other guy, Vinny, I think his name is, corrected him saying that, uh, that didn't happen. It fell into his hands. That's like, like a right, right, right. That's like a comment I would say. <laughs> that's also <laughs> another thing like where uh, when they had Johnny versus Champa in like that long match, the, the pre-tape. Uh-huh. He complained about Mauro Ronaldo being on commentary for 55 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the guy goes, uh, there was no commentary for that match. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but AEW loves AEW. I'm, I don't even know who this Brian Alvarez is. Used to be Alvarez a worker. Is, but, used to be a wrestler. Uh, maybe still is. Now he maybe does. He's just, maybe he's just bitter. Gimmicks. He's trying to get a job with AEW. Brad, well, that's what everybody would say. but I mean, and then you have like Ryan Stadden, who's uh, – Purely WWE and gets bashed for bashing AEW at times. Yeah, even I mean, he'll, under, he'll, yeah, because he's quote unquote under contract, under contract with, with that's WWE. So stupid, but I know I hate fans at times. <laughs> um, but I love I love our fans. I love our fans. Yeah, but that was Money in the Bank. I was very I could not have predicted Otis winning the briefcase, and I'm me, so happy with that. Me neither. Me neither. And I am very happy as well. I'm happy with Otis. I'm happy with Asuka. Yeah. I'm happy with Money in the Bank. Um, I'm happy we even got to see people get thrown off the building. <laughs> and nobody and nobody reacted to it at all. It was in like... Oh my like, god. A- Brian Alvarez posted a math equation to prove that it didn't make sense. That's how you know you have too much time. Brother, what? What do you mean? It does like... What did it make because sense? Because on Monday Night Raw, not to jump ahead, Rey Mysterio explains that he f- fell six feet or whatever onto a, a, another roof or whatever. Well, he's not wrong about that. But who cares? You're watching professional wrestling. You're not going to watch something on a movie and say, oh, look at that huge explosion. It makes no sense. How did the rock get out of that? Yeah. But what? It makes no sense. How did Matt Hardy jump from... Vince McMahon got blown up in a limousine. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Worker's working himself. (laughs) Um, All right. So enough about money in the bank. Let's talk about some uh, Monday Night Nitro. Monday Night Raw. Wait, what? That doesn't sound right. That's wow. That's Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which they announced earlier in the day that Becky Lynch had a huge announcement to make. Rumors I saw were circulating during Money in the Bank, which didn't really click until I saw that that WWE announced this for Raw. So what? So you texted me that she may be pregnant, or so she was pregnant, or something. What? How did you know? I I forget what I saw during Money in the Bank, but I saw somebody say something about Becky Lynch giving up the title. Why? Because she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe they figured we have not seen her since WrestleMania. But okay. Becky Lynch comes out with the the Money in the Bank briefcase and she announced that she has to go away for a while and then Asuka came out yelling and Becky puts Asuka over. She called her the best and she said, um, 
that the the money in the bank match wasn't for the briefcase it was for the title and she announced that the reason why she's going away is because she's going to be a mother I, I loved Asuka's reaction. Yeah, I thought this was a, a really a good segment. Like, you can tell, like, I don't know. There was something about this segment that seemed very genuine. You know, like, between Asuka and Becky. Yeah, well, I where, mean, they've gone back and forth, fights. Yeah, but it, there was something really cool about it. Um, but, and then Asuka chanting Becky, Becky, and even her reaction to the champion go, where she was going up in dancing up to up the ramp down the ramp yeah um so becky lynch is just shy was just shy of 400 days as champion i think it's officially at 398 because she would have unbeknownst to us given it up at money in the bank wow yeah oh Um, okay i gotcha and also uh, she did her i guess i think it was it must have been her and seth rollins did an interview for people magazine uh-huh. She said the due date is December, which means she worked WrestleMania pregnant. She may have not known. Definitely didn't know. A hundred percent, hundred and ten percent. You wouldn't wrestle if you were if you knew. No. But she is now, I believe, the second pregnant champion in WWE history. The first one, second. of course, being Maria Canellis as the WWE twenty four seven champion. Oh. Yeah. So, What's your and, I, and like my whole thing is I I feel I I feel very torn on this because it stinks that she has to step away as champion and everything, but it's also great that she's going to be a mom. It, it's I feel like it's so tough in pro wrestling when stuff like real life situations come up in pro wrestling, and you have to step away from pro wrestling. Yeah, like it, it's always a weird situation where the reality. Where reality steps into pro wrestling, where it's just it's always an an odd point. Yeah, I I don't know if she's going to be coming back. I have to assume she will, but I don't know. We don't know. Yeah, we we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but they yeah. they aired a nice video package on SmackDown for her. I like that. Um, but on Monday Night Raw, Charlie Caruso looked like she was going to interview Becky afterwards. And Rey Mysterio and Natalia came up to congratulate her. Street Profits, Bianca Belair, uh, Ricochet, Dana Brooke, Cedric Alexander, R-Truth, Kyrie Sane. Uh, and then later on, Charlie interviewed Asuka, but she was just celebrating with Kyrie about the uh, being champion now. And Kyrie Sane's reaction was great as well i i like Kyrie's reaction towards it to her being champion yeah towards her being champion yeah uh and then later on Shayna baszler was interviewed and Shayna's like how stupid do you have to be to get knocked up when you're champion <laughs> and she goes that kid's obviously gonna suck do you know who the father is i rest my case that was funny. <laughs> and then Natty came into the picture, yelled at her, or, or later in the night, she uh, she yelled at her. And Baszler basically says that the Hart Dynasty is going to be dying with Natty. She doesn't have kids. Yeah. Kind of messed up. But... Yeah. It, like, Shayna Baszler really said so much messed up stuff during Monday Night Raw where it was hilarious. Yeah. She was, um, like, she was like Debbie Downer on SNL. Yeah. She's like... 
Oh, this is such great news. Just so you know, the kid's going to suck. Which, by the way, <laughs> uh, not that it's Debbie Downer related, but you remember the sketch that Jimmy Fallon used to do in the dorm room? Him and, uh, and Horatio? Horatio? Yeah, and yeah. they would do it like uh, an internet show. Where they were stoners? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. How Jimmy Fallon did this, His this he did this sketch on uh, on The Tonight Show like yesterday maybe or two days ago. Uh-huh. How did SNL not think to have that? Wait, what do you mean? Like, how did they not think to do one of those sketches? It was literally like, it was internet-based. How did they not think to do, like, a Zoom version of it? Like, they did. Jimmy Fallon did a, a new version of it with him and Horatio. I don't know. I, I always loved Horatio Sands. Yeah, dude. He's one of my favorite uh, SNL cast members. I think that he he's really... When the first time I saw Horatio Sands, I actually thought that he had a lot of potential to be the next Chris Farley. Like his mannerisms. Um, especially in what's the movie? Um I was gonna say, was he in Boat Trip? Was that No, with um uh what's his face? Brandon the Twins. Twins or brothers? I forget. I'll get back to it. Tom Katz is the movie, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah. But, uh matchup next though, after that tangent. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing that a lot where I'm like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> Um, I bring up some topic from left field, and I'm like, hey, do you remember that? And then I'm like, ah, I don't even remember the name of it. Okay, back to the topic. Bobby Lashley <laughs> defeats Humberto Carrillo in a no-DQ match, which I didn't I didn't get it being a no-DQ match because Humberto, he, like, used the chair barely, but he ends up tapping to the master lock. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't get it, but... Later on, MVP MVP was speaking to um, Lashley, and he's like, why are you fighting Umberto and not focused on the WWE Championship? He's like, the last time you were in that that picture, in a WWE Championship match, 2007. So it seems like we're going to be seeing the pairing of MVP and Bobby Lashley as well. I don't don't necessarily think it's going to be a stable with uh, Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. But maybe one of those things where it's like, uh, although that was a stable, I was going to bring up, well, I guess a better. What do you mean? I was going to say like the Heenan family. Uh huh. But that kind of was a stable, but I think a better. Yeah, that was. I think a better um, example might be, well, no, I think, you know, I think I was going to say maybe Jimmy Hart, but he was he managing multiple people at, at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost I'm almost positive. I feel like he was also, but I think yeah, I think, I think he was he managing like uh, maybe natural money, disasters, money, natural disasters, and nasty boys at the same time, or Money Inc. Yeah, but One, uh, after that, we were backstage and saw Almas, Angel Garza, Austin Theory, and Zelina Vega were all arguing, and she, uh, I guess they they get it together to to have Garza's match. Garza goes on to defeat Akira Tozawa, which was already in progress, which meant you knew some a bunch of stuff was coming jam-packed in, in this Monday Night Raw. But after Angel Garza wins, he rubbed it in Austin Theory's face, which then they like kind of argued a little bit more. Not good. I don't know why they're doing that right now. Yeah, I don't know, but McIntyre came out and challenged them to step up. And Austin Theory gets hit with a Claymore, and Amos and Angel Garza laughed, and then Garza got hit with one. 
And then Drew and and Andrade went face to face, which sets up the next match, where McIntyre picks up a victory over Andrade. Yeah, I liked. Um, Almas went under the ring at one point, and when McIntyre tried to pull him out from under it, uh, Almas like jerked his leg in to hurt McIntyre's shoulder, and then he mm-hmm. continued throughout the match to work the arm. Yeah. And then again, we see McIntyre kick out at one. So I thought it was good. And then fantastic uh, sell by the for, for the Claymore by Almas. Yeah, the, the one thing I... I hope that they're not. I, I don't understand the tease of the stable breakup or tension in the stable. Yeah, I don't know. But afterwards, McIntyre said that he didn't originally plan to have a match, but he's always ready for one. And then he introduced uh, the brand to brand invitation where Monday Night Raw invited a SmackDown superstar. And the SmackDown superstar chose to face Drew McIntyre, that being King Corbin. So we have that match next week. So the what was it all called originally? The, uh, you texted where, me about it before. Where the five people come? Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was called. I don't know. It was stupid. But here, I guess if you're doing one person per night or whatever... It works. I mean, realistically, it's it's cool. It doesn't make a difference, though. And um, I think uh, in in a time like this, yeah, in a time like this, you you kind of have to use what resources you have, so it makes sense. Um, next up, you had a moment of bliss, Becky, and Alexa Becky? Bliss, Becky, Becky, Nikki. That's more like it. Nikki, that's better. Yeah, Nikki, Nikki. Yeah, that's better. Johnny, okay. Mitch. <laughs> um, they're out there doing their shindig, but they get interrupted Which by I, returning. Yeah, yeah. I tweeted out. I was like, I really hope it's the iconics. Yeah, the returning iconics. Uh, what made you think Iconics? Because you uh, it, it needed to be a huge. Well, not to say that they're a huge team or anything. They're a huge team to I, me, but yeah, I I think they're I don't huge. think other people view them as a huge team, which is stupid. Yeah, because I think they're two of the greatest uh, tag teams that we've had. At least one of the greatest tag teams. The um, chemistry is great between them. Yeah, all the way from NXT to the main roster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Their last appearance, though, was like just under six months ago, back in November, which wow. I think on commentary they said oh, seven months. And there's really been no – none of them, I don't, to our knowledge, I don't think they've been injured. Yeah, I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't think so at all. But they end up telling Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to defend the tag team titles, and they were like, you don't deserve a shot. And then Iconics are like, well, forget about the, the titles. We want a match. And Nikki's like, you got it. <laughs> that was kind of Bret Hardish. <laughs> yeah. You goddamn got it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the Iconics actually go on to defeat Bliss Cross. Huge shock. Yeah, and I think it's awesome to see them back in the ring. I have to assume Peyton Royce paying tribute to her husband, Sean Spears, with her uh with her contact lenses. 
I don't know if you I, if you notice that her eyes had like the little you know where it's just like the pupils it's like blue or whatever it's like a small pupil. No, didn't even know that she was married to Sean Spears. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and Ty Dillinger. Interesting, interesting. Um, they used a modified magic killer to win. Uh, yeah, I thought that that was different. I guess out of sight, out of mind. I yeah, I guess so. Might as well. But they have but, a title match next week where they're yeah. probably not going to win. Yeah, they probably won't pick up the victory. But I think that they definitely, even no matter what, let's say that they lose next week, they still put their stamp back on the Raw roster of the we are the Iconics and don't forget about us. We're back. Yeah. So I think that's a huge statement for them. Um. Yeah, up next, I we already covered the fact that Rey Mysterio explained him landing on the second roof. Yeah. But he He's congratulates okay. he congratulates Otis and then Seth Rollins interrupted him and Ray congratulates him on becoming a father. Um and Rollins didn't shake his hand. So it's weird like here we have him shaking McIntyre's hand but then he just ignores he, and Rollins was in like rough shape. He looked like he was rough rough shape. Mm. His hair was a mess. Yeah, he, he was, was all disheveled. Like, yeah, like a zombie almost. Yeah, he was disheveled. He was out of it. Yeah, matchup next though. We saw Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and R Truth defeat Brendan Vink, Shane Thorne, and MVP. However, before the match, we saw R Truth cut a promo as Pretty Ricky. Which was a gimmick that maybe lasted for two or three weeks in 2009. And he continued to work some of this match here as Pretty Ricky. Which I was popping for. Like, not much happened in the match, but I was marking out for for Pretty Ricky. Yeah, no, me too. I thought that that was funny. R-Truth is just... I I could watch a TV show based on R-Truth. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would watch like a... I a genuinely enjoy our truth when he's on Total Divas. Yeah, I would watch a reality show of like or ride along with our truth, and it just features the travels that our truth does. I would watch it. Um, but then Bobby Lashley came out and speared our truth, and him and MVP beat him down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jinder Mahal was interviewed afterwards, and I don't, I don't know. I don't quite get it. He was saying how this time it's going to be like a hero's journey. Uh, yeah. I, I'm i not too sure the hero's journey. But like I mean, eventually, I think eventually it has to mean we're going to see. Like, I get that they're probably pushing him as a face, but I also have to assume we're going to see McIntyre and Jinder at one point. Well, I mean, I, I don't think he's a face. I Jinder. think so. I don't. I don't really think he's a face, but I, I think, think hero's, so. hero's journey. He's pretty much saying that he is the hero. He's gonna be journey, taking a journey towards the championship belt to get his his gold. Pretty much, that's the hero's journey. He's uh-huh. gonna go through the obstacles of every opponent because in his story, he is the hero, and he's going to get the reward of being the hero. Well, up next we had AJ Styles sit down with a, 
some popcorn to watch a preview of The Last Ride. Um, and then he got pissed and threw the popcorn at the TV. Yeah. So, it's obviously not over. Uh, definitely not over, but who knows when the next is going to be. Um, I think... Uh, not not soon, soon, but somewhat soon. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black teamed up, both of them back from the not dead, defeating Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy via disqualification. Um, Buddy Murphy wrestled this whole match by himself. And I saw yeah. a few people, we mentioned it before, how he was all like out of it, how uh, Rollins was out of it. Some people were saying it reminds them of Neville after he lost the Cruiserweight Championship. And I think that's like a perfect comparison. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. But then um, the what led to the disqualification, Rey Mysterio ends up striking Seth Rollins when he went for a, uh, a 619. Um, and Rollins ends up grabbing Rey Mysterio out of the ring and beating him down. And then he attacked Aleister Black, but... And everyone was like, how did that end up being a DQ if he's in the match? Yeah. Which I believe Meltzer reported on it, saying there's like an unwritten Vince McMahon rule here. Where the if you're on the outside of the ring, you're the illegal man. And you get into the ring or you attack the legal man, that's an instant DQ. So I thought that was interesting. That is pretty interesting. It's like illegal can attack legal and illegal. Illegal can attack illegal, but illegal cannot attack legal. It makes sense. That's why there's that five count. It 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 does make sense. Yeah. So Seth Rollins takes both of them out and he yelled at Buddy Murphy to stay back. Murphy looked like he wanted to like stop Seth Rollins from doing what he was doing. He's like, stay back. And then he starts lifting up Rey Mysterio's mask and pushes Rey Mysterio's eye into the steel steps. And then they... I, thought, I thought for sure he was going to unmask him right there. Yeah, but they, they end up taking his mask off because uh, his eye was bleeding. Yeah, uh, Seth Rollins like shoved his eye right into the corner of the steel steps. Yeah, and like obviously that really didn't happen but i dude. thought it was a really good segment come on i dude come on it was a real segment his eye got busted <laughs> by the corner of dude I, i'll mark out if if he comes with a uh an eye patch mask he has to an eye patch mask that would be pretty sick but I, I don't really see that but i could see him wearing a patch next week but uh, um, after, I don't know when we even see him again. Yeah. Afterwards, uh, in the trainer's room, Seth Rollins, like, he came to check on Rey Mysterio. And he's like, I don't know what happened out there. He might have even apologized. I... And Aleister Black ends up attacking Buddy Murphy in a pull apart brawl there. Yeah. Very weird that Rollins claims that he doesn't, like, what happens if he doesn't know what happened out there? Yeah. You know, like, why was it if that's part of the storyline where he just doesn't, he totally blacked out? And it wasn't just, like, uh, a heel tactic of, hey, like, a sarcastic, I don't know what happened out there, you know? Yeah, it's very possible. 
But next up, you had the Street Profits pick up the victory over Viking Raiders in a basketball match. But here's a little uh, the clincher. Viking Raiders let them win. This, uh, for the most part, this segment was absolutely meaningless to me. Like, because I, yeah. I couldn't care less about basketball. I kept on thinking of Mr. Perfect, though. Yeah, me too. But honestly, in this segment, I cared more that the Royal Rumble browser was being used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, post-game, they were celebrating. It was 74-2. to two. Yeah, they're like, they have more fouls than us. Or they have more fouls than points. Yeah, uh, but then Eric was like, we uh, we'll let you win. And Ivar picks up the ball, scores a perfect three-pointer. A few, multiple, yeah. yeah. So I don't know was... if we're going to see more basketball or what, but <laughs> it was cool. Dawkins, Spartan, a 24, and, and Montez Ford wearing a number eight, which, hello, definitely has to be a tribute to Kobe Bryant. But now the question is, are they taking them serious? I mean... Belair told them, you guys stay, take this serious. You got to take them serious. If you want the championship, is this serious? Yeah, I this think it's basketball. Like, well, well, they are. They're the champions. Yeah, but even still. Even still. Uh, next match we saw was Shayna Baszler defeating Natalia. Natalia. Baszler wins after kneeing Natty in the face, which... Uh, was good i thought this was a decent match and kind of wish it was more submission based but i'm fine with how everything panned out and after watching this i'm like i i kind of want to see a lion's den match um, we have not had a lion's had... den in years have we had one or two i believe there were two or three i think two we had well, Shamrock no, we had and Sham- Owen. Right, and then, uh, oh, God. Wasn't Jericho <laughs> in one? Jesus Christ. I typed in Lion's Den, and there was uh, nope. not so safe. Be careful. Yeah, got to type in Lion's Den WWE, I guess. If that's, if, I don't even know <laughs> that's, if that's going to come up. That's, that's like the, the mistake that you can make if you go to House of Hardcore website. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I know. <laughs> you got to be careful. <laughs> Didn't did Owen Hart not face um, Dan Severn in one? No, or Steve, he just Steve Blackman. He he just faced Ken Shamrock, I think. But I fe- for some reason I think Jericho was in one. Ken Shamrock versus Steve Blackman. Yeah, Owen Wait. Hart versus Steve Blackman. Steve Blackman. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, Owen Hart versus Ken Shamrock. So three. Um, I don't know if there were other ones. Why do I feel like Vince McMahon was in a Lions Den match? No, no, no. I no way. I'd bet on that. No, yeah, you... no. Vince is right here. Ken, wait, yeah, Ken Shamrock versus Vince McMahon Lions Den match. Yeah. No. Yeah, and Double J got involved. When? June 7th, 1999. Was this like during the Union stuff? Where Ken Shamrock was part of the Union? I I mean, probably. I don't know. I I don't remember any of those. I just remember the Owen one. And then for some reason, I thought Jericho was in. I totally forgot about 
uh, Steve Blackman. Yeah, no, that 100% Vince was in that. That's interesting. I don't see anything with uh, with Chris Jericho, though. But, nah. yeah, I part of me kind of really wants to see Natty versus Shayna Baszler in a Lions Den match. Whether or not, we definitely won't see it, but. Nah. After that, we saw King Corbin being interviewed, saying he did what he had to do to win in regards to throwing Ray and Aleister Black off the roof. Um, but then he uh, brought up how Drew McIntyre rode his coattails for over a year. And next week, that's the, the match that we're going to see. Uh, Should be good. And then to close Monday Night Raw, we had Edge and Randy Orton close out the show. Edge basically said that WrestleMania isn't the end of Edge. And um, what was it? A video package, I guess, that claimed that he was hunting the Viper? Yeah, and he did a little video package, but... They're gonna he uh, Orton challenged Edge to a normal match. Yeah. So I guess that's gonna take place. They'll have just a regular no stip, no gimmick match. Yeah, and he, uh, Edge Orton be happening at Backlash. Edge didn't answer though when Charlie Caruso asked if he accepts, and she that's... so awkwardly and weird said, "But if you do accept, it might be the greatest match." Of all time. I don't know why they said that. That was cringe. I don't know why they made her say that. Yeah, I don't know why they made her say that either. Like, when they when she said that, I'm just like, oh, why are you forcing that? Like, yeah. I, like would you ever in the, think Edge and Orton, no, normal t- match is going to if, be the best match ever? I don't know if ever. it's because they, so many losers complained about their WrestleMania match. Maybe. I don't know. But moving on to NXT for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner of Imperium pick up the victory over the Newly Bros to win the Tag Team Championships. A surprise. Yeah. uh, It starts out from the entrance. uh, Thatcher ducking Matt Riddle's flip-flops. So... I thought it was funny at the time. Now it just seems like, uh-oh. Yeah, foreshadowing. As far as the match go, the goes, uh, I liked Matt Riddle doing the monkey flip. Uh, monkey flipping uh, Marcel Bartel into Timothy Thatcher by mistake. Yeah. Which again, uh-oh. Yeah. Because it caused him to leave. He gets pissed off and he left Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. And Matt Riddle starts to fight Imperium off, but they they get the better of him. I, and I literally thought we were going to see Matt Riddle like power through it and overcome, or mm-hmm. that we were going to see Dexter Loomis some for some reason make the save. Um, no. Why? He did, I don't he know. Just I just it... I know he just seems like yeah. he's making saves everywhere in NXT, but <laughs> that didn't Loomis. happen. But only with undisputed error. That that I would have been more inclined to say Pete Dunn returned. Well, but I mean, we don't really know the status with Pete Dunn. I assume we do. Maybe. But Thatcher was interviewed afterwards and complained about like how they've been doing game shows and how the the flip flops almost hit him, 
And then they get into a pull-apart brawl. And later on, Matt Riddle was talking to William Regal via FaceTime. And it was revealed that Matt Riddle is going to be facing Thatcher later on. And Thatcher then attacks Riddle again. And he hit him with the monitor. The computer monitor. The iPad? Yeah. Next, next match, we saw Tegan Knox defeat Indy Hartwell, who we last saw out with an injury after Shayna Baszler took her out on Monday Night Raw. Right before, uh, what pay per view was that for? Was that, I guess, Money in the Bank build? Because there was a ladder involved. Yeah, and money, yeah, it was the Money in the Bank. It was early, like three early weeks. Money in the Bank build. No, yeah, it was like three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, three or four uh, weeks ago. Obviously, to me here, the 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 winner was going to be an obvious choice yeah it was a quick match yeah i i totally agree with you quick um, match what do you think of nox's chokeslam i'm a fan i just i like that she's a fan of kane and she does that in tribute she's lady kane i'm you clearly hate it <laughs> i'm torn i am torn i i let me see more let me see more i'm torn i like it but uh, she hits the shiniest wizard to win. Uh, backstage, Rhea Ripley was talking about Charlotte Flair and how it sickens her that she's the champion. And she also brought up how Io Shirai couldn't get the job done, which I think is kind of stupid because Flair caused the disqualification. Yeah. So she didn't really get a chance to get the job done. Well, I mean, you're also trying to set up Ripley versus Io yeah, Shirai. Obviously, yeah, so which she, she says that she'll go through Io if she has to to get to Flair. So yeah, so I mean, she can't put her over. I, yeah, no, I understand. That. I just think it's goofy to say. Yeah, I got you. Up next for the interim cruiserweight championship tournament, Jake Atlas picks up the victory over Tony Nese. So, uh, uh, Jake Atlas is what two. Three and zero. Uh, two and zero. Two and zero. Uh, now they said that Tony he was Nese... in the lead, and that was confusing to me because he's not in the lead. Yeah, I don't know. Like they said, like, uh, and, and to take the lead, Jake Atlas is now two and zero, and I'm like looking at the bracket, and you also have um, Kushida in that bracket, and he's two and one, I think, or he's two and zero. It just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. So Tony Nese couldn't advance in this anyway. So he was just like the... Yeah, he's only playing spoiler now. I, I don't know why you'd have him go 0-3, though. I'm... Yeah, I don't know. And Jake Atlas was more focused on Drake Maverick's match than his own. So I don't yeah. know why he would have won. But we now have a name, a WWE name for the, the finisher. It's the Rainbow DDT. Yeah. And it's Af a cool DDT. Yeah. After this, we had a Undisputed Era Zoom call update, which they said Kyle O'Reilly has been out filming a movie. I guess that's a good cover. Yeah, why not? Uh, and then they all nominated Roderick Strong to face Dexter Loomis next week. <laughs> Uh, after that, we had another video hype promo vignette package gimmick of Karrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, and I marked the absolute heck out 
because they used the end, which was Armageddon's theme song, a long, 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 long time ago. Hmm. And it's such a good theme song. It's such a good theme song. I, I don't remember which pay-per-view it was or if, if it was Armageddon 03 that it actually happened on or if they used it again. There's And I can't, for the life of me, find the clip online. Mm-hmm. Freddie Blassie was in the video narrating. Oh, I I remember what I... Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I know what you're talking it's, about it's now. It's Freddie Blassie and a child in that video, like, narrating it. Yeah. It's so good, but they, the fact that they used it here, it, like, fits perfectly, and I thought it was great. And Cross has said, uh, Cross is like, Champa was the first, but he's not the last. So I don't know when we're going to see more. I don't know, but I popped. Uh, after this, we had another video package of... Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel? Raquel? Is it Raquel? Raquel. Yeah. It was just a a hype promo putting everybody on notice. Then we go to D-Generation X, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, who were then joined by Road Dogg, to announce that on June 7th we have NXT TakeOver in your house wow the last and uh not the last nxt takeover the last in your house event was february 14th i believe 1999 1998 yeah. was uh saint valentine's day massacre in mississippi i believe hmm so crazy that we're getting another one I guess, I mean, technically, I guess you could call it that. I don't know. I'm very excited for this. I think it's going to be um, a lot of fun. And Dude, I, I hope they have a so house. I, I hope they have the house entrance. I really do. That would be cool. And uh, I believe it, the, the 25th anniversary of the first In Your House is coming up. That's why Kevin Ash was going to be on the bump, but he ended up not uh, not not doing it. Wait, why? Why what? Why wasn't he on the bump? I guess scheduling or something. He just couldn't be on. But, oh. they, but they had T- Todd Pettengill on. Not Todd. I think the pay-per-view we were talking about, I think it's Vengeance 2001. What? What are you talking about? With the Freddie Freddy Blassie. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just decided to look it up and it said that he cut the intro for it. Vengeance Maybe. 2001. Maybe it was for for um, the Alliance stuff. Yeah, that's what I think it was. It might have been. To be continued. Matchup <laughs> next, though. We saw Cameron Grimes pick up a shocking of sorts victory over Finn Balor. But yeah. Damian Priest came out during this and attacked Finn Balor. Uh, the match continued. And then Priest hit Finn Balor with the nightstick behind the referee's back. And then Grimes hits that cave-in to win. I'm definitely surprised, but it makes sense with Priest getting that victory, uh, that assist in there. Um, I'm excited to see Priest and Balor. Uh, yeah. Why, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that'll be a takeover match yeah. now that we have that. Yeah, I could, um, it's probably going to lead up to there. And after Grimes, the match, after yeah. the match, we had uh, Damian Priest toss chairs into the ring, and hit the reckoning onto it. 
And then he set the chair up over Balor's throat to choke him. And he's like, I, I want my name to live on forever. I was the one that attacked you. Yeah. After that, we had an interview from Swerve Scott. Isaiah Swerve Scott. And he said that he would quit wrestling if he didn't get one win in the tournament. And then Jack Gallagher went on to defeat Isaiah Scott. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he said that he would quit if he didn't get one win was it was like a shot at Tony Nese, who Tony Nese attacked Scott before the match. And then Gallagher hits that rolling elbow, wins the match. Does that mean he's done? What's going on? Well, the tournament's still, well, round robin is still going. But, but how many more opportunities does he have to wrestle? One more? What's his record right now? It's got to be 0-3, right? If it's 0-3, I think that's it. Because I think that's what Nice is at. I think Nice is at 0-3. Or 0-2. But next up, you had Carter pick up a victory over Aaliyah. Yeah. Uh, Robert Stone came out during this, and I guess Aaliyah wanted to impress Robert Stone, but Caden Carter knocks her off the top rope and then ends the match with, I don't even know what to call it, a, a twisting Indian deathlock or something. Mm-hmm. I popped for that. I thought that was an awesome move. Very and, innovative. And then Robert Stone went to leave, and Aaliyah tried to stop him, but he was like, no. And left, so I don't I don't know offer rescinded or what. Yeah, we don't know if it was actually rescinded. He may just see what he had to see. But I guess we'll see it play out next week. Um next up you had dinner at the gar with the Garganos. Yeah, they were watching Johnny's match against Dijakovic. And uh some very interesting things because like they would be speaking somewhat normally and then it would like turn into like a black and white thing and like it was like fuzzy and kind of nwo no not nwo but (laughs) to me like the only thing i could think to try and compare it to and it's a a big stretch is sean o'hare when he was cutting like the i'm not telling you anything you don't already know i don't remember what do you mean you don't remember? I, I don't remember it. Jeez. I'm sorry. So I don't know what, I don't know where this is leading to, but they, it seemed like they have like two split personalities almost, but they're both heel personalities. <laughs> uh, but the main event, we saw Matt Riddle defeat Timothy Thatcher. I feel like this was a match you would see on an MMA card. And I kind of wonder, like, obviously, actually, you know, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if they had this planned where this was, like, something they had written down, we're going to be having this match, or if they saw the popularity over the weekend that Mm -hmm. UFC returned. I don't know, but I thought this was a really good match. I was a huge fan as well. I feel like we, I feel like this match took place in Evolve. Uh, I would say so. Yeah, but it was hard hitting. It was good. Thatcher, I love his style. I, it's that strong style. Uh, his tech, he's technically sound. 
And this was just a fun match. Thatcher at one point was laying laying those knees into him. Yeah, and which was like, were those legit knees? I have no idea. I I don't know. I got worked if it wasn't. Yeah, but then the finish of the match was, it was good because it was unexpected. You had Thatcher looking like he was about to get Riddle to tap, and then Riddle rolls him right up. Yeah, he was locked in a submission and one, two, three. Yeah. And then Thatcher attacked Matt Riddle afterwards and locked him in an armbar. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Moving but. to SmackDown. Opens up with Miz TV that gets immediately cut off by, yeah, Otis. Big Otis, yeah, Mr. Money in the Bank. Oh, yeah. Does a cartwheel. No, I don't want to do that, sorry. Otis did a cartwheel. <laughs> uh, but he gets in the ring, and of course, because fat jokes are hilarious, the chair breaks. Now, now, Brandon. Now, now. The chair breaks, and he goes, oh, I think I'll stand. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Otis, Otis said even bigger than winning the money in the bank briefcase contract that the biggest win to him was winning Mandy's heart. So sweet. And then they, and then they went through pictures of Otis's childhood where Miz and Morrison made fun of it. And then Miz called for Tucker to come out and have a tag match. And Otis informed him that he wasn't there and Miz told him to find a partner. And that was the end of that segment. Yeah, not a good choice of words. After this, we found out, well, we found out actually breaking news on WWE backstage that Sami Zayn was stripped of the Intercontinental Championship and they would have a tournament set up to determine who the new champion was. I guess Sami Zayn is sitting home. Yeah, I mean, is it, we don't know if this is related to COVID. Well, I think if it it's was... because of his refusal to fly. Yeah, it's got to be because of that. I who knows? Unless I don't know if he lives in Canada and he can't get into the country. I don't know where he that, lives. Yeah, that too. Who knows what's happening? But they set up the tournament. It's they had um, the matches where Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak, um, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, and the next match that being Elias defeating King Corbin. Um. I guess the main takeaway here was Corbin grabbing Elias's guitar. I would have liked to have had it play into the ending a little differently, but he smashes the guitar eventually uh, against the ring post. And when he got back in the ring, I kind of sounded like Otis there. When he got back in the ring, now he... you sounded like you were doing an Otis single. A single? You're singing? Yeah, you're singing it. Say it again. When he got back in the ring. Yeah. It's like uh, Otis doing Michael Jackson. Yeah. It... <laughs> I'm looking for the man in the mirror. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Elias gets... Knee, uh, Elias knees King Corbin in the face and then scoops him up in that small package to win. So... He advances up next. We saw Dana Brooke defeat Naomi. But I think this match sucked. I like both of them, but nothing happened. It was literally a pin, a reversal, a move reversed into a pin. Yeah. Maybe this leads to Naomi turning heel. 
maybe Team Bad reforms? Um, I don't know. Naomi was looking pissed off afterwards. So I don't know if that's going to lead to her being healed. Um, But afterwards, uh, not afterwards, the next segment we saw Charlotte Flair come out and speak about working on all three brands and how people want more Flair. Boston Hug come out. Bailey's like, go back to Raw. Go back to beating up Liv Morgan every week. And then yeah. and then Charlotte was saying how Sasha Banks is the only reason why Bailey is still champion. And again, Bailey would not let Sasha Banks speak. Yeah, this is only leading me to think that Sasha's gonna be obviously the face in this. Which is weird because I kinda wanna see her be a heel in Team Bad as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, Bailey then challenges Charlotte Flair to a match, champion versus champion, next week, which is taking place. Well, can you, if she tur- if she joins Team Bad and goes that route, I don't know. That- I, it's weird because like Naomi seems like she's turning heel. Tamina's already a heel, and it seems like Sasha Banks would be turning face out of this. But I don't know. Is Tamina a heel? Yeah. What do you mean? Is she a heel? Of course, she's a heel. I don't know. I don't consider her a face. I I mean... Just rest- because she's a powerhouse wrestler, she's a heel? I don't consider her a face at all. That mania... Not mania. Uh, I don't uh, think that... Little, she, little, I don't know. Money Maybe in the Bank a, was heel versus heel to me. She she has no personality. How are you supposed to know what she is? I don't... I, to me, I just <laughs> assumed heel. I don't know. I don't... I don't... I don't know what she is. I, I, I always assumed that she was a face because, you know... But but Charlotte ends up asking Sasha Banks if she's okay with being Bailey's lackey to end the segment. I I honestly like kind of kind of shocked. I enjoyed the segment. I thought Charlotte did good. Held her own. Yeah, I it wasn't like a it sounded like a legitimate promo. I thought it was good. After this, we saw a pre-taped uh, vignette of sorts of the Forgotten Sons, uh, about th- which airs with a uh, a warning beforehand, kind of like the uh, Zeb Coulter stuff used to have. Mm-hmm. The views are not WWE, specifically Jackson Riker, whatever. Uh, yeah. But it was a promo about them being in the military and how when they came home from from wherever they were, they weren't welcomed with open arms. So they're coming with closed fists. Mm. So it was an interesting promo. It's a good way to keep them on television without actually having them in a match or something. Um, No Lucha House Party on SmackDown, though. Yeah. Next match we saw was for the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. Daniel Bryan picks up the victory over Drew Gulak in an obvious great match, I guess you could say. Yeah, we can definitely say that, and I'm thankful that they shook hands after. Yeah, it was a very technical and submission-based match. And it's awesome to see Drew Gulak spotlighted in something like this. Yeah, Gulak deserves the shine, too. Yeah. Uh, Afterwards, Daniel Bryan spoke about how this was the championship he had to give up because he was forced to retire, and he wants it back. He wants to make it a good championship. He wants it to mean something. Yeah, uh, and then they announced a mixed 
tag match for next week. Otis and Mandy taking on Dolph Ziggler and Sonya Deville, which leads into Sonya Deville cutting a promo on Mandy Rose and spoke about it, how what her future would look like with Otis. But I thought this was a great promo. Like, she did all the talking instead of Dolph Ziggler. We already know Dolph Ziggler can speak on the mic, and he's great. Yeah, no, she's she has been cutting really good promos. Yeah, and I know, like, they said something last week. Like, they showed off uh, Mandy and Otis, their promo, and they're like, oh, of course, where's our promo? You're not showcasing that. So, yeah. I don't know if we're going to see that again on uh, on Twitter. but So, the main event came about, though. Uh, Braun Strowman ended up being the, the partner after a search of only two people because earlier in the night Otis asked Sheamus to be his partner Sheamus says no and then Mandy <laughs> Mandy suggested Otis ask uh, Braun and Braun's like I'll think about it and then uh, it was Braun yeah, and it was very clearly going to be Braun after even more so when Miz and Morrison were interviewed about Otis asking Braun, and they kind of basically called him stupid. Yeah. Obviously, I was hoping for Chad Gable, but... Ah, beggars can't be choosers, brother. As for the actual match, uh, it wasn't the uh, the most beautiful of things, but uh, Braun Strowman did a dual caterpillar with Otis. It, 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 you know, for me, happened. that was the highlight of the match. It happened. Uh, yeah, the highlight of the match. I would agree with you. I um, would agree. Uh, the only one thing that I could honestly complain, though, is that I think Otis should have been the one to get the pin because it stemmed yeah. from him. Yeah, and it's coming off of the heels of Money in the Bank. He should have picked up the victory. Yeah, afterwards, though, Mandy Rose came out to celebrate. And you and... texted me, you're like, watch this or something like that and uh it it looked like otis maybe was going to attack braun Strowman. mandy was causing a distraction braun turns around and goes oh, oh just joking just joking and went for a fist bump yeah it looked like otis was ready to uh to go for him yeah looked like he was ready to cash in um so, and that's also really cool that, like, on the very first night we see Otis again, there's a, a, a cash-in tease. And I like that it's against a face. It's against Braun Strowman, you know? It's cool that... But he, I, don't, I don't see him cashing in on Braun. Y- you don't know. You don't know. Obviously, I don't know, but I don't see that happening. You don't know, Bo. Uh, the that's last... for sure. The last WWE thing I want to talk about before we move on to AEW, the I believe the Boston mayor confirmed that SummerSlam is not happening in Boston. Nah. And I think Ryan Satin might have tweeted out saying he would like to see it moved, be moved to a beach. Huh. That'd I mean, be interesting. Right? Like, that would be pretty dope. SummerSlam, biggest party of the summer happens on the beach that would be interesting i think that'd be pretty cool uh but yeah that's (laughs) wwe moving on to aew which opens up with pyro uh miss pyro 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 even though their pyro is pretty weak but i i still (laughs) i missed pyro so it was cool to see pyro back streamers and poppers uh no come on (laughs) 
Pew, 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 pew. But uh, it opens up. Lance Archer randomly comes out attacking some dude during his entrance. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Jake Roberts was was saying that he was told that he needs to make an apology to Brandy for what he uh, what he did. And he said sh- that he'll do that when she kisses his uh, his behind. Mm-hmm. And then he also goes on to say a woman is great at home. And basically says that women, I mean, refers to women not belonging in wrestling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cody shows up in his truck and brawled with Lance Archer. And he went for Jake, but Archer attacks him and they brawl some more and Jake pulls Lance Archer away. Hmm. Then, yeah. they, then they air a video package of I the, the main gist that I got out of this was that one of the young bucks were injured and they can no longer compete. And then they put over the tag division, but one half of the tag team champions, Adam page has been MIA climbing trees on an internet show, I guess. (laughs) And I just, I don't understand how you could put over how much they care about tag team wrestling when one half of the champions not on the show and the other ones tag with somebody else. Yeah, and we we get that there's a pandemic and everything, but everybody else is there. And I then mean, and then you go on to tell me, but he might just have like travel issues with it. I'm fine with that, dude. Tell me that. Yeah, yeah. Be honest and open about it. If but, if not, how long has it been? Yeah, I don't know. It's like I mean, Sami Zayn is being stripped of his title. But then again, so, Pete Dunne wasn't, nor, yeah, was, Pete, nor was Jordan Pete, Devlin. Yeah, uh, Riddle Riddle was defending both of their championships. Maybe Omega will team up with someone else to defend the championships. Yeah, but the, the first match of the evening, we saw Best Friends defeat Jurassic Express, um, which Jungle Boy has a uh, singles match on, a, on the pay-per-view, which I don't. I can't comprehend that. You tell me, you oh, we care about tag team wrestling. Then here's somebody in the tag team match wrestling a singles match next, next, <laughs> next time. But I think the the bigger takeaway from this was uh, Phoenix coming out and kicking Orange Cassidy in the head out of that, nowhere. That kick was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, knocked his head off. But then my other complaint was that. You tell me how much you care about tag team wrestling. The referee then leaves the match to check on somebody who's not even in the match. Yeah, that is a good point. And and that that causes this a distraction so MJF can can toss Jungle Boy into the ring. That's a very good point. And Chuck Taylor hits the awful waffle to win. Yeah. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. And it then doesn't. after this Wardlow attacked Marco Stunt. So, yeah. Matchup next, we saw Hikaru Shida defeat Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander in what I thought was a great match. Uh, I thought this was the best match of the night. There were obviously some some uh, hiccups overall. Um, a little. But I'm I'm honestly I'm very pleased with this match. I, and which is I, crazy because I don't think a few weeks ago I could have said that. Yeah. I thought this was a very strong match for the women's division. They've been lacking big time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Britt Baker, though, locked Chris Statlander in uh, the mo- the mandible claw, the mandible claw, and uh, while she was outside the ring, and that that's what led to Hikaru Shida getting the pin, and then she locked it in again after the the match. So I'm I'm very happy that Shida is still, I guess, technically number one contender. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it definitely proved uh, why she should be number one contender. And then later on, she was interviewed and uh, about Nyla Rose, and Nyla Rose cut it off and ends up she, she had uh, Hikaru Shida's kendo stick and smacked her in the head with it, knocked her out. No bueno. Match up next uh, was supposed to be, or it actually was, Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega picking up the victory over Santana and and Ortiz. They both attacked Kenny Omega before the match. And Damascus came out, made the save. Um, but yeah, this I, this was a decent match. Sammy Guevara ends up limping down with a chair. And went to use it and got hit with the, the twist of fate. I don't really... To me, that served no purpose for Sammy to be there. I think it's just because Unity. But like it wasn't even like a distraction. Matt Hardy and Omega still won. Yeah, but I mean, I I, I think Zam- Sammy uh, Guevara is like kind of the character where he's he can do a dis- he can attempt a distraction and still not be successful with it. It's okay. I don't think it's doing any damage to the match. Well, here's uh, Kenny Omega's second match tagging with Matt Hardy. Maybe we have ourselves an interim champion. Uh, I don't understand why we haven't already. Yeah. But after next, this, we saw Taz interviewing Darby Allen, and and Taz apologized for bringing up how Darby, how he brought up last week that Darby Allen lost to Cody Rhodes, or just Cody, sorry. Mm-hmm. And he explains okay. how he should have used a tilt. I'm assuming that's a word you're familiar with. Uh, tilt. Yeah. Um, you have to be familiar with it. Are you kidding me? Aren't you like all American or something? NCAA gimmick. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For some reason, I'm, I'm thinking about physical therapy. <laughs> I'm like, well, you tilt with the Trendelenburg position. Yeah, no. Tr- yeah, yeah. A tilt is a wrestling move. <laughs> yeah. Darby <laughs> Allen, he goes, I know what a tilt is. I placed third in Idaho in amateur wrestling and he walked off. So I thought that was a funny segment. Um, what are your accolades? Me? Yeah, obviously you. I'm not talking about uh, Darby Allen. Olympic gold medalist? No, what are your real accolades? Uh, Pan Am champion? No, 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 no. Um, Japan's favorite American. Don't you have real accolades to your name? Yeah, Japan's favorite American. Mm. I, I am Japan's favorite American. But don't you actually have accolades? Why aren't you sharing them? <laughs> Not, I mean, nothing crazy, you know. I wrestled in uh, at in college at Oneonta. So no uh, American, no, 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 no all NCAA American. championships. No, no NCAA championship. <laughs> no all American. Yeah, I, w- I, I was all. Let, you didn't let Colcabana take you down, so I, I was all. <laughs> I was all conference. Um, that, I was. Is cap- that, that's got to be something, right? I was. I was captain of the team in high school. Oh yeah, captain. Yeah, you know, Colcabana couldn't shoot a single on me. Yeah, you were a captain in high school, yet you locked in the Kanahajime to win a fight. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> you could have you hit him with a tilt. You should have used a tilt. 
<laughs> wow, I snorted there. Yeah, I was about to say this. That's new. It's a rare thing, rarity. But up next, we saw MJF defeat Lee Johnson. Um, the only thing that I really was disappointed is the fact that MJF actually wrestled. I was hoping he was going to pull like an Eva Marie. Yeah, and with have the injury another, and stuff. Yeah, have another reason why he couldn't wrestle. But after the word, after after the words, afterwards, or after the match, MJF said that he had noticed on Marco Stunt's contract that it was like an open contract, so he signed his name, and then they have a match next week. Um, yeah, should be should be entertaining. I mean. Um, I'm still finding it difficult for myself to watch AEW. Uh, it still comes off as an indie event for me, and it's difficult for me to invest in AEW right now. Um, but you bought 17 shirts. I'm sorry? I said, but you bought 17 shirts. It was 18. Oh, 18, 18 my goodness. And they were all the <laughs> AEW's Jericho shirts. <laughs> 18 well, of, of them. I'm Mark, what can I say? And they're all framed for some reason. Well, you know, you got you want to remember a few things. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what's next? Jericho defeats Pineapple Pete. Suge D, uh, unfortunately, I guess, has to be called Pineapple Pete. Um, which he got some offense in, but it wasn't a long match. It ends with him running into the Judas effect. Yeah, and that sucks that his name is Pineapple Pete. But he's rolling with it. He cut a promo where there was like a video package beforehand saying at first it sucked, but now I feel like, like hey, I, I feel like Pineapple Pete is like um, supposed to be on a, a cruise serving you. I don't know, I like a mojito or something. I don't know, Pineapple Pete. Yeah, well, he's got the Caribbean flair to him, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but afterwards, Chris Jericho was cutting a promo, and he brought up the inner circle versus the elite. He's like, is this even a thing anymore? Does the elite exist? But he introduces the stadium stampede match oh. and challenged them to it. I have no idea what it is. Nobody but does. But they're going to be fa- facing each other in the not Raymond James Stadium. I don't know what it's called. That's the one in uh, <laughs> in Tampa. I don't know what the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know where they play. But it's, uh, this, Jackson, it's Jacksonville. No, no. I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they play. Like the actual stadium. I know it's yeah. attached to Daly's place. I just don't know what the the field. Yeah. But he said he was going to be in the ring waiting for their answer. And Vanguard one flew in with that inner circle shirt. And Jericho takes the circle, the inner circle shirt back. Vanguard accepts the match. And Jericho smashes Vanguard with a bat named Floyd. And then Matt Matt Hardy came out all like out of it, I guess, disheveled and picked up Vanguard. So cue Sarah McLaughlin. No. Why not? Arms of the Angel. In the arms yeah, of the angel. Works for the commercials. Uh, next, they announced what I think is a pretty big deal. It was... Okay, first of all, let me just say that rumors ran rampant this past week because Mattel pulled a Sting figure from one of their upcoming series saying due to un- 
unseen circumstances or something, they cannot release a Sting figure right now. So it was rumored that Sting is no longer under WWE contract and that he was going to be going to AEW. And then you had tweets out there that are, you know, show uh, making you think that. Yeah, uh, talking about how Lance Archer is getting a shot, well-deserved. Um, and Cody obviously playing it up with the eyeball gimmicks, saying like, oh my god, I'm looking at this, I see it. Um, but it was rumored that he might be the one presenting the TNT Championship to either Cody or Lance Archer at Double or Nothing. Well, he has that. He's been tweeting with Archer. Yeah, uh, but Stinks people turned that turned it down or, or well, denied it. Course. I should say. Of course, I mean but wrestling. AEW. Did you say? Of, oh, I thought you said he's going to be wrestling. No, no wrestling. I mean, of course they're going to deny it. But AEW announced who the actual presenter of the TNT Championship will be, and it's Mike Tyson, WWE Hall of Famer Mike Tyson. Wow. Yeah, and I, that's a pretty big get for them. Hey, good for Mike, you know? Apparently he was at Double or Nothing last year, enjoyed it, and and Tony Khan is paying him $3 million. Oh, jeez. Just kidding. He's probably getting paid like $30 million or something like that. <laughs> it has more to be like... way more. It has to be way more than $3 million. I don't know. 0% I'm, I'm... chance that Mike Tyson's doing that for free. Uh, do it for like maybe 3000 0%. No way. <laughs> and Mike Tyson's like the talk of the town right now. Why? What do you mean, why? Did you not see the, his? he's trying to make a comeback and he's like faster than he was when he was in his prime? Well, I saw that video, but he's not going to try to get back in the ring. I don't know, man. And then the Vander Holyfield's all over these WWE Zoom calls and, and he's also training and people are calling for Holyfield versus... Tyson 3, one side is saying, do it at WrestleMania, brother. <laughs> the other one is saying, whoop, whoop. All, whoop, whoop. all elite, whatever. I don't know. That sounded like the ICP thing, I think. But I yeah, meant, it as, I meant it as the, uh, no, because don't they do the, doesn't Bullet Club used to do that? Oh, um, whoop, whoop. Too sweet. Whoop, whoop. Too sweet, right? I don't know. But uh, it was funny, not really funny, kind of weird, sad, pathetic. I don't know, I saw a fan, uh, somebody made a comment on Twitter about how WWE is, um, how WWE needs to use the In Your House to sell a pay-per-view and how it's like, they they need to go use something old in order to draw ratings. Mm -hmm. And then their next comment was saying how great it was that AEW has Mike Tyson. Yeah. Like, 1998? Hello? Yeah. I don't know. I, I That's the thing. Fans are so convoluted, and their thought process is just not making sense at times. Yeah. Uh, but then the main event, we saw Mr. Brody Lee defeat Christopher Daniels. Um, Ten gets up on the apron at one point, and Scorpio Sky and Kazarian attack him. But they get flooded. By other members of the Dark Order. Uh, the match continued even though all of them were in the ring. They didn't touch the competitors, so it continued. Um, but 
SCU Not- SCU uh, Cabana also joined in the fight. Yeah, I'm assuming but- we're gonna see uh, SCU and Cabana versus Brody Lee and no, because Brody Lee's facing Moxley. Maybe, maybe just, just facing orders. the people. Yeah, maybe it'll be uh, Alex, Johnny, Evil Uno, and Stu. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, so he eventually wins. Uh, that being Mr. Brody Lee, and he poses with the championship. Moxley came out to get the title back and uh, took out some members of the Dark Order, and Brody Lee sacrifices a member of the Dark Order and uh, and throws him into the ring so he can escape. What's your I'm What's your take on Brody Lee's finisher? I mean, so I was listening to something earlier and. I, I think that it has to be switched. I'd rather him do the big boot or something, like a, the Yakuza kick. Why? Like what he used to do, or even the power bomb. I think he used to do a power bomb. I don't know. I don't like the discus lariat. That's what he did in WWE. I know, but I, I, I mean, I've never really been a big fan of it. Plus, like, I mean, I think it needs to be something a little bit more impactful. And then the throwback to Sister Abigail with the, with the. The positioning and stuff, it's just kind of, like, stupid. Well, if there was another move, I think it would be. What? Like, if instead of, like, doing that, I think it would be... Like, if he still did the Sister Abigail tease, uh-huh. but did it into another move somehow? Um, I, I want to let go of the Sister Abigail. Yeah, some of us aren't ready, though. <laughs> but yeah. You know, you know what I am ready for? What's that? Hey, Brandon, you got any shout-outs? Hey, old Kermit the Frog here, and you're listening to Brandon Shout-Outs. Yay! Prop Culture is getting the first shout-out. You definitely never heard of it, right? Uh, I, actually saw a trailer. Do, I actually do know what that is. That's where you have a little Petri dish culture. Please shut up. Please shut up. And you prop <laughs> it up a little it's bit. It's a new show on Disney+. Plus. And the host travels around the world into the Disney archives to find props from Disney films, um, which I think it's really cool. They did like Mary Poppins, uh, which they told a story about how like the actual bag used in Mary Poppins was given away as a um, as like a not a raffle prize, but like a uh, a giveaway. Mm-hmm. I think it was from Kraft or something. And the person who won, it was, you get, if you win the, the contest, you get the bag and $10,000 cash. The person who won just wanted the money. They didn't care about the screen used prop. So it sat in the advertiser's office, or not office, attic, just collecting dust until like Disney Archives got it back. Wow, that's stupid. It's just that, yeah, that's crazy that like, I maybe I get you're not a fan of Mary Poppins or something, but to have like, that's a, a really iconic film. Yeah, I. What year was this from? I don't know when the like the contest. I don't know. That's bizarre. That like, first off, why would you enter it? I mean, I get the money, <laughs> but you know, that just doesn't make. Even if you want the money, well, that's the same thing. You like the people, but but, but like when they it. when they built the they 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 had a contest for for the Simpsons house. They built that, and somebody they I believe the person ended up selling it. Mm-hmm. So, 
But they have, they announced that uh, A, A, I keep wanting to say AEW, geez, A and E. <laughs> it seems like it's going to be something similar to this. Triple H and Stephanie McMahon have a show coming out where they look for wrestling related. No. Yeah. So that, that's should, be, that cool. should be very interesting. That's cool. Uh, the second shout out goes to Little Richard. Yeah. He R. unfortunately, yeah, he passed away on Saturday at the age of 87. Um, but he was honestly, um, Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. He was a, a pioneer of rock and roll music. I always wanted to see him live and I know he came to New York city. He was at BB Kings in 2012 and I don't, I was not able to go. And that was the last time he played in, uh, Manhattan. I believe. And I was so disappointed that I couldn't go. Yeah, um, he's 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 very talented. He set, he paved the way for so many people. Yeah, I think my first exposure to him was probably without knowing it was him was probably in The Brave Little Toaster. Um uh-huh. the the scene where Tutti Fruity was playing. Yeah. But as like a, as a teenager, I was able to appreciate his music a lot more. And uh, even to bring it back to professional wrestling, he sang America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 10 at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said before, Johnny B. Bad, too. Yeah. Mark was a blatant ripoff of him. Yeah, which I, I don't remember where I saw it, but there was a picture of Little <laughs> Richard looking – or there was a picture of Little Richard holding a picture of Johnny B. Bad and, like, looking at a poster of it. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. But uh, Jerry Stiller also unfortunately passed away this week um, at the age of 92. Wow. Yeah, he was a comedy genius, one of my favorite comedians. Uh, great on Seinfeld as Frank Costanza, George's father. And honestly, I think even better as uh, as Arthur Spooner on King of Queens. Mm-hmm. And if you... I agree. I, I feel like he really... Exposed himself. He really because he was he was part of the main cast as as opposed to being in top. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Totally. But if you know me, you'd know how big of a fan of King of Queens I am. And yeah, that's really how we started watching. Like we would have sleepovers and just watch it. <laughs> like I the the very first time I remember it was two thousand one. I went on a cruise in. Yeah, in 2001, and back then, literally, they would play the same thing on loop. Mm-hmm. So you would get Two and a Half Men, King of Queens, maybe Everybody Loves Raymond. I hate Two and a Half Men. I, w- I liked the show, and I liked it because of the cruise. But I really, really fell in uh, in love with King of Queens on that cruise. Watched every episode was very pissed off when I had to do driver's ed <laughs> because it was Monday nights. And not only was I missing Monday night raw, I was missing King of Queens, the final season of King of Queens. But I, I always wish that, that Jerry and uh, his wife, Anne would have toured again, but that never happened, unfortunately. And yeah. Jerry was also in Zoolander too. I've never seen Zoolander. No, nah, you're not missing out. But on yeah, much. he was like honestly, he was great in all those. He was in Heavyweights. He was in um, Heartbreak Mis- Kid, Mystery Men, I believe. Probably because Ben Stiller's in it. 
Yeah. But I just like I'm such a fan of Jerry Stiller. Um I, like I could quote King of Queens up and down. Go for it. What's the Oneonta quote? The Oneonta quote. I don't have that. What is that? Well, what the heck do you say that you you can I can quote, quote can... stuff like certain things. Like my my absolute favorite <laughs> scene was when uh when Carrie wasn't going to come home for dinner or whatever and Doug goes, "I'll just order a pizza." He goes, "From where?" <laughs> and he goes, "I don't know, Sal's." He goes, "Sal's." So that's where that comes from. And uh and he goes, "No, no, no. no. A little neighborhood joint called Domino's." And Doug's like, "Domino's?" And then he gives the phone number, and it, it, it ties into Kevin James's uh, stand-up act, the Sweat the Small Stuff, with uh, the phone rhythm. He's like, how about a little ba 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 Because Jerry Stiller was given the, the long phone number. He goes, 1, 161, or whatever. And, like, <laughs> he gave, like, the full area code. He's like, we're in the area code. Yeah. And that's, that's the pretty much why I have 161 in my Instagram and Twitter name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because when I used to make prank calls, I used to say, uh, when they would ask for the, the phone number, I'd be like, 16, 1. Because That's in that, funny. he goes, 1, 16. Or he goes, 1, 6, teen. And that's when Doug yells, but... Nah. So, it's unfortunate. Little Richard, legend, Jerry Stiller, legend. And uh, those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Out. Mark Out Moment of the Week. That is right, our Mark Out Moment of the Week. Um, honestly, I think watching the, the Last Ride docuseries on WWE Network... It's it's just so surreal seeing Undertaker out of character. I I know as much it's... out of character as we were like seeing it. Yeah, I, I agree that that documentary it was it's awesome and uh, it, it takes a it took me a while to be okay with it. You know, like the first time when you saw Steve him on the Steve Austin podcast, it's like ah, uh, it's so weird because he's he's not in his character and we're so used to this. But on the other hand, it's it's really awesome, and I I just love having that glimpse behind the curtain, and I think it's crazy how long they've been following him for. Yeah, Jericho's in it with short yeah. hair, so that's how Jericho doesn't have short hair anymore. So yeah, it's it's really awesome, and it goes also they also mentioned about uh, he was planning on retiring. Yeah. So and then I think fam, I don't know if they brought it up. Roasted? No, because that's not real. Come on. He he, no, no, he no, no, said no. that he was planning on retiring yeah, he from know what that he's match. No, no, no. You <laughs> No, no, no. No, no, no. No, 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 because he did it the year before that as well. With the glove with only gloves. Yeah, so but he he said, I mean, he went to the back and he was hugging Triple H because it was over. That was it. And I told you yeah. that he was planning on retiring. Yeah, but well, nope, it didn't happen. Nope. So Bam roasted to you. It did not happen. Which, by the uh, way, Bailey something... dropped the boom roast, and, and Bam roasted's clearly better. So <laughs> uh, something that I marked out for was the Triple H and Stephanie. Um, what was it? The Triple H versus McFoley feud, I guess. Uh, WWE Untold. 
Yeah, WWE Untold that they aired after the Undertaker thing. I thought that that was so cool. Yeah, um, the so, Untold series is really good. Like it was like I'm I was watching Money in the Bank with my mom and my dad because they were interested to see like what they were gonna do. So I told them like, well, this is this should be cool. It's about the Undertaker. So we sat there, watched the Undertaker thing, and then we ended up watching the Triple H thing with Foley. And it was so crazy to watch, and I love it. I love the untold. But the, I, I come on, the part where Triple H ends up in front of his mom. Yeah. How? Where else are you going to hear that? Yeah, and I still get goosebumps with that that promo where he's like, "I think you know who's going to come out and face you, or whatever it is." <laughs> and it's so yeah. funny because what what we don't remember from that is uh-huh. Midian was in the ring dressed as Mankind, I believe. Huh, I don't remember. remember. Do you not remember when Midian was like doing the stint as Mankind when Triple H was having him do it? Maybe it's ringing a bell? Nope. Yeah, well. Um, something else I marked out, I guess you would say the, the giant Zoom call that WWE Fox had for uh, for WrestleMania 3 watch-along party. So I thought, I thought that was cool because there were so many like celebrities, random Who celebrities. Who was on it? Well, first they, of all, Evander Holyfield, that I would know. Evander Holyfield was on there. So that's like oh, pretty that's, big. That's cool. David Arquette was on there, um, okay. who was again pushing for RJ City. <laughs> um, I just a bunch of people. Who would uh, I, but who would I know? Who would I care to go on there and watch? I don't know. Probably none. I don't still, know. I, I mean, it's cool that they had Evander Holyfield. Yeah, but I was kind of disappointed with the Zoom meeting that they had with the bump. Yeah, so WWE The Bump did one, which I popped at also, uh, which I suggested they do it. I literally saw it like the day after Katie Nolan did it with ESPN, and I tweeted The Bump. I'm like, y'all should do this. Do you know Katie Nolan? I Or just the name. Personally, do I know her? No, I was just joking. But this, She's from Boston. I I, I don't know how you – so how did you know her? Or you just knew the I mean, club? I just know Katie Nolan. I don't know. She's uh, famous. I don't know. I, I just I just started knowing about her, like he, seeing her recently because of the stay-at-home clips and stuff that they're doing with ESPN. But this Zoom, I didn't really – I wasn't that big of a fan of because of – I don't know. I guess I didn't really recognize too many of the celebrities coming in. The biggest person there, obviously, to me, was Rey Mysterio. No, um, I mean, has, Arquette, has Arquette again was there. It, well, yeah, putting over RJ City. Cleo, well, RJ City was also there. Yeah, uh, Cleo Thomas from Holes and Walking Tall was there. Who apparently you've the, never seen Holes, which makes absolutely no sense. No clue about the movie until you explained it to me no clue who that celebrity um unquote, what if you want to call him a celebrity yeah i guess there. clark duke. he's not a celebrity clark duke was there i i recognize him but i would have he never was, guessed his name he was in hot tub time machine uh office yeah the office two and a half men also in the the later season mm-hmm. um i don't know if there were any other like celebrities I know it was weird, I mean, for me at least, at one point when the Bella Twins were on and so was Ziggler, and Ziggler didn't say anything. Oh, that's that's awkward. 
Well, I'm sure that was an intention. I, yeah, I don't think so, no. Yeah, Ziggler also, I mean, there was a lot of moments where Ziggler was quiet anyways, because I think he mentioned that his uh, internet was going. Oh. But Rick Rick Flair on there was really cool. Yeah, it was. It started out as Charlotte, and she hands the the, the phone over to Flair and or yeah, to, that, to that Rick. was that. Yeah, I thought that was fun. And every he was popping the boys left and right. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, also Maria Menounos was on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, and I, yes, I, Skyler Aston was on both. Still don't know who he is, but Titus. I mean, I don't know how you I, don't. But if if I looked at the picture, I probably would know. Uh, but Titus O'Neil, how awesome is that dude, you know? Yeah. Like, I, the one thing, I don't even know if anybody else would rec- would have paid attention to this. But he asked Rick, he asked Ray, he asked Liv, Sasha, he asked if there was anything that they needed. Like, he, like, he was going to, if they needed anything in quarantine, he was willing to drop it off to them. I, I, Titus O'Neil is a stand-up guy. Yeah. That's awesome. And just overall, it was cool to see, uh, like, Ric Flair just having the time of his life with, uh, <laughs> he's, like, saying hi to everybody, and it was cool. Yeah, I mean, Rick, if you ever want to hop on Zoom with us, let us no, know. he's working. Well, I mean, you know, yeah, we're not paying you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the mark out moment of the week. That's marking out. Take us home. Well, thank you very much for listening. That is episode 484 in the books. We appreciate all of your support. Go listen to us, MarkingOut.com, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and on iTunes. Make sure you buy the t-shirt. Follow us on Twitter and give us a like. And watch us on YouTube. And that being said... We wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a